Well, hello, everyone. Happy Sunday to you. Y'all doing all right? Yeah, right? It's a celebration night tonight. It's an exciting time. You know, this morning at about 4.30 when the alarm clock went off and our runners and walkers decided it's time to get up or reluctantly decided it's time to get up, you know, everybody, overnight, we surpassed our goal. And it's just an amazing thing to wake up this morning and just to realize, you know, these feet that were moving this morning, um, it's just for fun now because you, the, all the money was raised. And so it's just for fun. I tell you, it's, it's still hard when it's just for fun. And, uh, and so I wanted to take just a moment. If you were a part of the team this morning, would you, it's gonna take you a second, I know, but would you stand up for just a second? And uh, can we just say thank you to everybody who moved their feet? Yeah, we're so grateful. Carl Webb is back there in the booth, so don't, don't miss Carl over there. And, uh, and so, so he is our fearless leader, uh, taking us to our goal. And we are so thankful to have, um, to have raised the dollars that we have in each one of these water bottles representing a soul. Not just a person, but representing a soul as well. And so as time goes on this evening, we're gonna to get to the place where we get to come up and get water bottles and pray over them and ask the Lord not only to save them just from their physical reality, which this is what we've done, but we want them also to save them and just capture their hearts and that they would be turned towards Jesus and that they would live this life that God imagined when he breathed life into them in their mother's womb. And so we want to make sure that we get a chance to celebrate uh, that and pray over them in just a little while. Uh, but first, we've got a little bit to talk about. Um, and so tonight, this is like a wheelhouse conversation we get to have about loving God and loving people. Uh, this is something we've talked about for all 12 years of Legacy's existence. And so tonight, um, it's none other than our love, God, love people, Matthew chapter 22, 36 through 40, except we're going to start in 34 uh, tonight. And, uh, and so we get a chance to talk through this. Uh, but there is a twist tonight and uh, something that we've not talked about up to this point. And, uh, and so you know how God does. He reveals new truth, even when we've read scriptures Countless times, it seems, he opens our eyes to new realities uh, whenever we read these truths. But before we get there, I need a couple of volunteers. Let's go with three volunteers, maybe an adult, a teen, and a child. Can we do that? Can we do that? Abel, come on, bub. I need a teenager. You're not a teenager, but you're a, st no, you're not a teenager. Sorry, bub. I need a teenager. Come on, somebody give me. All right, Cade, come on, my friend. Okay, he's like, no way. All right, Braden, come on, my friend. I'm just gonna go down the row. So somebody just, come on. All right, Griffin, thank you, sir. I appreciate And I need an adult. Way to go, Griffin. Come on, I need an adult. Somebody, we need an adult. Come on, adults, lead the way. Show people how to volunteer to come up on stage. All right, Brian Lee, come on, my friend. Oh, yeah, there we go, there we go. It's, or, or wait, Keith Becker was making his way this way. So come on, Keith, come on up, my friend. Okay. Since you're the youngest and the most bold, you get the microphone. All right, there we go. All right, so maybe not the most bold of, of the three that are up here. So we're gonna play a little bit of game called We Go Together. All right, and so, so we are the legacy family and we do go together. So this is clearly not a romantic thing tonight, all right? This is just, you know, just we go together. All right, so anyway, we're gonna play this game. So the, the way this goes is, you're gonna have to come here to the middle a little bit. Come on, come on, Abel. Come on, Griffin. All right. 
And the way this, the way this uh, game goes, we're gonna say, I'm gonna say we go together like, and then I'm gonna have a word, and then you guys are gonna get to work together to figure out what the other word is. So like, for example, we go together like peanut butter and? Mustard. But you gotta work together, get your answer. And then get together, you gotta get your answer, go quick. This is rapid fire, this was just the example, this shouldn't be that hard. What is it? You got to say it in the microphone. The answer was pickles. No, I'm just kidding. No, it's, I'm just kidding. We go together like peanut butter and jelly. Okay, so we're going to do one more, okay? All right, one more practice round before we start keeping score. We go together like orange juice and... He said toothpaste. That's awesome. What is it? Orange juice and cereal? Man, I'm not sure what's going on up here. What is happening up here? Orange juice and? Just, just pick, a, pick one. Man, breakfast. The answer was Oreos. I'm just kidding. I don't know what goes together with orange juice, but it's not toothpaste. <laughs> that one there, I know for sure. Okay, all right, so let's work together here. So here we go, rapid fire. We go together like salt and? Pepper is their answer. The answer is pepper. Absolutely. We go together like shoes and socks. It is. Excellent. All right. A little hard one here. You ready for it? We go together like gin and <laughs> juice. <laughs> the best. <laughs> Tonic was the answer. <laughs> we'll keep it PG. Sorry, everybody. There we go. Okay. All right. So we go together like bread and butter it is. Excellent job. Awesome. We go together like pen and Oh, pen and ink is a good choice, but the answer was pen and paper. It's okay. It's okay. You're doing an excellent job. We go together like hugs and there we go. Good job, everybody. Good job. All right. So we go together like sugar and, ooh, this is a, this sugar and I will give you, I will give you a clue and everything nice. Spice is the answer. Good job. Good job. All right. So we go together like bacon and eggs. We go together like pros and cons. We go together like soap and the answer was supposed to be hopefully teenage boys. That's what we were looking for was teenage boys there. But it's a good, excellent job. No, you're exactly right. Soap and water. Exactly right. Okay. Last one. We go together like love God, love people. Everybody give them a hand. Excellent job. Well done, gentlemen. Thank you guys so much for everything tonight. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we go together like, and everybody thinking about the Grease theme song right now? Or not theme song, but little song and, yeah, there we go. Hamma, lamma, 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 ling ding whatever it is. That's how that one goes. If you were wondering, that's how that goes.
Yeah, you guys love God, love people. We go together, right? And we get to see this example of we have the generational impact that's here where we do, we work together. And we tend to do a little bit better whenever we do things together rather than to do it in isolation. And the same thing is true when it comes to love God and love people. And we've got a little bit of a twist on this, this evening. But before we get there, let's do a little bit of a review. The review is tonight we continue this series that we're in called Our House, where we're trying to get our house in order. We were working on our individual lives and now we're working on our house, the, the, the big C church, really through this expression being legacy church. We've turned our attention from the individual to congregational. And so the congregational body of Christ in order to get the legacy house in order. And so we've been exploring four congregational values that no matter what church you go to, if we get these things right, we stand a chance at sharing the love of Jesus with people that don't know Jesus. If we get these four things right. Now, of course, we have our core values, mission, vision, all that good stuff, Legacy Church. But this here is across the board. No matter what expression it is, if we get these four things right, we stand a chance at being the unified body of of Christ, sharing the true Jesus with the world in which we live. And so here, let's build these out for just a moment. Number one, commission. Evangelism is important. But you want to know the most important part about sharing the story of Jesus with people is making sure that we're, we're, we're living out that story. Because as we talked about week one, nobody wants to hear about your God if your God hasn't changed your life. Nobody wants to hear about Jesus if Jesus hasn't made an impact in your life and in your world. And if they can't see that impact in your life and in your world, it's important that we do this and we have this commission that we send, that we've been sent out to share the love of Jesus, to tell the story. We just gotta make sure we're living it first. Next is community. To live in obedience to God and pursue unity with others. This is that living a life worthy of the calling that we have received. There is a standard in which God has for our lives, and that is for our hearts to be radically transformed by the love of Jesus. And consequently, our behavior follows. Consequently, the why behind what we do becomes evident to the people in which we come in contact with. So we wanna, this is illustrated by a life of humility, love, patience, and gentleness in how we live in community with other people especially if you get down to it, the body of Christ. Because we know scripture tells us that we will be known by our love, how we love one another, how we care for one another. People on the outside looking in will go, man, I see that. And that's different than what I've experienced living here on this earth. And so this is that known reality. And then from there, we fight hard to be unified. We look beyond our differences and we focus on our common ground. And we work really hard to keep the unity of the spirit where the counselor and our guide is the one that's guiding all of us in all of our different realities and all of the different ways that we live our life. And so we have commission, community, and tonight, commandment. And this is a powerful one. This is not an option. This is a command. We have commandment, and then next week, we'll talk about collaboration and the Big C Church and how that all plays out. But here it is. When we fulfill our our biblical calling to these four congregational values, we stand a chance. If we're not unified in these four congregational values, we don't stand a chance because we're going to be basing it on human love. We're going to be basing it on human forgiveness. We're going to be basing it on 
the way that people just try to be good people here on this earth, and that always wanes because you can't just stand the test of time. But with this, we can stand the test of time. And so tonight, let's talk about commandment. Let's talk about this going together like God's command, okay? God's order, God's edict, God's rule, God's proclamation to God's people. These are big, strong, bold words, and we need to grab a hold of this. And so here's tonight's key truth. God says, the Christ followers love of God ought to overflow to loving others. You see it in here. Love God, love people. This is the commandment, the greatest commandment that we read in Matthew chapter 22, beginning in verse 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, who were a sect of people that were sad, you see, because they didn't believe in the resurrection. All right, and so they were so sad. He had silenced the Sadducees in this conversation, and then the Pharisees were like, we're taking a shot now. We got this. And so they had this expert of the law that tested Jesus with this one question. He asked, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Because they thought, man, I got him in a corner. There's, there's 10 of these things. What's the greatest one? Backs Jesus in a corner. In verse 37, Jesus says, got this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. He says, second one though, is to love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and prophets, meaning all those 10 commandments that you were trying to back me in a corner about, all of those hang on these two. Love God, love people. Now, what Jesus also is saying here is something very powerful. Have you ever wondered why, whenever he was asked what the one commandment is, why Jesus gave two answers? Really three, if you get down to it. Love God, love people as we love ourselves. So really, in this moment, Jesus is saying, here's the greatest commandment, love God, people, and self. And that's an answer to one question, what the greatest commandment is. You ever wonder why Jesus gave these two answers? Well, he's Jesus, so he knows the truth and he knows the greatest answer. But the reason that love God and love people were the first two that he says is that they were meant to go together. In fact, what Jesus is saying is the first without the second isn't possible. You can't love God and not love people. You can't love people, truly love people, and not love God. If we don't have these two together, we're in our own power, our own strength. We're doing things in our own way. And along the same path, if we're continually beating ourselves up along the way, we've just kind of doubled down on the love of people and how we're missing the mark. And so Jesus is saying the first without the second, first commandment without the second commandment is intrinsically impossible. You can't truly love God if you don't love people. And you can't truly love people if you don't love God. 1 John 4.20, we read this. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. 
You say you love God, but yet you're just like stepping on the backs of people. You're just trying to use them to get where you want to go. You don't love God. It's just not possible. And the love of people can't stand without the love of God. Because we're in our own power at that point. If we're not guided by the love of God in our love of people, we will never stand the test of time because we don't have enough strength to carry out the love that pushes through all of the flaws of humanity. We will get tired and we will grow weary and eventually we will give up on people. So we have to have both the love of God and the love of people because they go together like, any, like anything else. Unlike anything else, honestly. They go together unlike anything else. Now, of course, you know, this question there is, okay, law or love? Well, there's really no question in this. You got one system for another. And God sent Jesus to this earth to say that Jesus came to fulfill all of the law, all of these rules and regulations. He came to fulfill all of those through the love of God the Father. And so he shows up and yeah, we've got this, Jesus is making it clear that yeah, love is the priority, but you wanna know what else Jesus is making it clear? It didn't mean that he went, did away with the law. What he did was he said, no, no, no. What I'm teaching you is now love must abide within the law. There are guidelines. There are rules and regulations for how we live our lives. We just have to make sure the why behind how we're living our life is love. If we don't have that right, well, then we're just, we're just, we're just Pharisees. That's what we're, we're dealing with here. And so we have to be really careful because theology is very important, Right? Yeah, theology is important. Life application is very important. The love of people is very important. But the thing we have to be careful of is when our theology doesn't extend to loving action, we look a lot like the Pharisees, who Jesus, after this answer to what the greatest commandment is, he then goes on to write, to write a scathing and say a scathing review of this group of people that tried to corner him and to get him to mess up, because they are all about the rules. And what he said of them is, you polish the outside of the cup, but you leave the inside dirty. Meaning, man, you look really good on the outside. And as people see you, you look like you got it all together, but the inside's very dark and grim. And so if we, if we have this, this life of, man, we're all about the rules and regulations, we got it all together, but man, the heart is not there, and we're not giving ourselves to other people, we look a whole lot like the Pharisees did. And that's the last thing that we want to look like. We have to also remember that the loving action has to align with biblical truth. We're not talking about just loving people. You know how people talk about it all the time. You know, they'll say things like, love you. They'll say things like, you know, love you. I love hot dogs. I love tacos. I love all, you know what I mean? It's just this, this love word gets thrown around in such a remarkable way. Our love has to be grounded in biblical truth. And so, yeah, so theology without loving action doesn't communicate who God is. The same thing is true. Loving action without the biblical truth also does not communicate this true love. It's a false representation of the love. And so this love of God and love to people, this is how it goes It goes together. It's kind of like this. It's kind of like driving a car that you got a tire out of balance. Anybody ever been there before? You're driving down the road, 45 miles an hour, all of a sudden the car starts shaking. Maybe you drive a Jeep and you're, you, you've had that Jeep wobble that's happened. 
Yeah, right? Scary stuff when that happens. You get a tire out of whack, man, it gets going. And the thing is, what happens if you don't address it? It starts causing other big problems, right? Yeah, you're driving this thing and you're doing what you're supposed to do and all of a sudden you get one out of balance. It can get really scary and then all of a sudden other things start going wrong and then all of a sudden you could crash. That's exactly what loving God without loving people, that's ex- we're out of balance. And we can be real religious. We can be real pious if we're not careful and look down on other people. But that's not, that's life out of balance. Or we could define love by our own standard of what love is, how we feel. We can define love and we can set the rules that is common on our, on our earth that we live in. That conventional wisdom that we all know. And if it's not grounded, though, if love is not grounded in biblical truth, we're out of balance. And what will eventually happen is it will start to make other things fall apart and it can lead to a crash. It can lead to compassion fatigue. It can lead to a lack of just caring about people. It can lead to a lack of caring about God. We can start blaming God for things if we're not careful. We're not grounded in this true biblical truth and a good theology and a good theological foundation. And so we've gotta have these two things. And so yeah, Theology has to extend to loving action, and yes, loving action must align with biblical truth. It is an important piece of the puzzle. And so here it is, okay? So just we just kind of layman's term this thing. Our love of God is meant to overflow into our love for others. We're not just the end user of God's love to us. And then our love for others is meant to be driven by our love for God. This is how the two go hand in hand. And in there, there's this whole little little hidden gem that's really important, and that is you gotta love yourself along the way. Not selfishly love yourself, but there has to be gentleness. I know there's several of us in this room that we're really good at beating ourselves to a pulp. Y'all, That is not loving God and loving people. If you don't love you and you don't see you through God's eyes, you need to ask God about God's love of you and how God sees you. Because if you are not gentle with yourself, then you are not loving yourself with the love of God. It is an important piece of the puzzle. So yes, our love of God is meant to overflow into our love of others, including ourselves, and our love for others is meant to be driven by our love of God. There is a, uh, a fairly infamous um, believer, I guess. Her name was Fannie Lou Hamer, and she was this devoted believer. And I just want to read this quote about her, you know, because we see this kind of beautiful picture of this balance in her life. And Dante Stewart wrote this about her. He said, she knew if we are to love others, we should trust God and launch out into the deep. Christians don't just, don't love by just speaking about it or sitting around while people suffer unjustly. Christians speak up. Christians live out, Christians love well. And this is the picture that we get from Sister Hamer. It's important for us to see who we're called to be. 
And we have to remember that Jesus didn't become a heretic because he ate with sinners. Yeah, the religious accused him of this, but Jesus didn't become this heretic by eating with sinners, nor did he become that by showing mercy to adulterers, nor did he become that by bucking certain religious traditions. Jesus wasn't a heretic at all. Jesus completed the truth. All of the Old Testament points to Jesus, every single bit of it. And all of the Old Testament that we read hangs on one commandment, love God and love people. It all points to this. So Jesus wasn't a heretic at all. Jesus modeled what we're talking about, not by telling us to hate the sin and love the sinner. That is not how Jesus modeled this. He modeled it by telling us to love our neighbor, period. Love our neighbor, plain and simple. So y'all, it's important that whenever we think about our own lives and we stand for biblical truth, we want to stand for biblical truth, yeah, oftentimes it results in practical action. But we have to give some non-examples tonight that I think are really important for us. It's really important, you know, that we stand for biblical truth, all right? What it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean we voice our opinion about things that are happening in our world on social media. That's one of the worst ways because very few people, if anybody, their life is going to be changed because of your social media post. We have to be very, very careful about that. You know, Meghan Markle, you know, you may, you may remember this. Um, she, after an interview with Oprah Winfrey, this that kind of came out that she was having um, mental health difficulty and she had considered thoughts of suicide. And, uh, and it, it came out and there's this huge, uh, because of her, um, because of her uh, being a part of the royal family. Maybe you don't know about this, but that, that's something that did come out in an interview about her. But then there's this Instagram post that went viral on the backside of that. And it's a pretty powerful Instagram post. Here it is. Meghan Markle probably isn't going to see your negative comments saying you don't believe that she was suicidal, but your friends and family who have been in the past, they will, and they will never come to you for help. Don't be that person. We have to see that what we place out there, it is important for us to make sure that there is the love of God going with the love of people and the love of people that matches the love of God. And see, these kind of conversations, you know where they best happen, right? In relationship. They best happen in friendship, family, church, establishing friendship with coworkers. Those are the arenas in which these conversations can begin to take place. We just have to make sure that we're not throwing stones in the process. Now, here's some examples of how standing for biblical truth carries over into physical action. Yeah, standing up for the rights of the marginalized instead of claiming more power for ourselves. Yeah, that's how we do this. Generously giving of our time and money 
to services that benefit causes that are aligned with bringing God's kingdom here on the earth as it is in heaven, a.k.a. the water bottles across the stage. This is how we put on display who God is, the power of who Jesus is, and what the church is really all about. Yeah, it's true. It's so easy to sit behind a keyboard and vent frustrations on the internet, but it doesn't, it rarely does anyone any good when we do that. And so let's just pump the brakes on that as a church. Let's pump the brakes on that as individuals. And let's make sure that we, as a part of the church, are caring for people in this way that we've been commanded to by our Heavenly Father, through Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what we are to do. Love God and to love people. And so what that means is, let's be the people who call. <laughs> let's be the people who strike up a conversation, the people who walk next door, the people who take time to be in one another's lives. Going for a walk, volunteering in school, leading in the workplace. Yes, taking action globally to impact people on the other side of the world that we will never meet. But we know they've been praying for God to do a miracle in their life. And we get to be on this end of that miracle. How powerful is that? There are people that in the next six months to a year have no idea that there's this well about to show up in their community. They're asking the Lord for that right now. And because of this body, this love of people, this love of God, a miracle, a prayer will be answered and it's gonna change everything. Y'all, this is what it means to love the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if we want our love of God to influence a broken world, we gotta make sure we love people. Love people in our broken world, inside and outside of the church. And so here we go, let's kind of pull it all together. In getting our house in order, what we have to do is we gotta put God's greatest commandment first. Let's get it in order. Let's get this order, this edict, this mandate, this rule, this proclamation. Let's put it in practice and make sure that we are living out. Love God, love people. Let's make sure we're living this out. And so we have to ask this question tonight. Where in your life do you have the first without the second? And where in your life do you have the second without the first? Where are you loving God but yet loving people has really got you challenged. And where is it in your life that, man, you love people, but man, loving God is really a challenge for you. What arena are we talking about? What situation are we talking about? What circumstance are we talking about? Where in your life do you have one without the other? Father, we love you. And Lord, we want to place all of this before you tonight. And so as we talk about this love God, love you and love people, Lord, will you just reveal to us right now, where is it that we're missing the mark? We got one, but we don't have the other. We've got 
we're giving it a go, but maybe, Lord, we've just kind of got this religion thing, and it's just all in the way of people. Or we got this people thing, but, Lord, it's just it's flying in the face of your truth. Lord, will you help us to sort it out and to balance this out to where we have both? Because, Lord, we, we're learning tonight we can't have one without the other. And if we do, then we don't really have the one even. And so, Lord, will you help us? Will you open our eyes to where we don't have it? Whether it's that we've been beating ourselves up along the way so bad that we just can't even see anybody the way you do. We just see all the flaws because that's what we see in ourselves. Or maybe, Lord, it's just these rules and regulations. We just, we just can't, we can't, we can't read your scripture and not change it to the way we want it to read. And then, Lord, there's other scenarios. And so, Lord, I just pray that tonight you'll just, man, show us. Shine your light. Go into those dark corners of our heart and shine your light and let us see where we are and where you, and where you want us to be. Lord, we know the enemy doesn't want this. And so, Lord, we just ask for you to overcome. Will you open our eyes? Will you open our hearts? And will you change our lives? Lord, we love you. We pray this through the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, this is that moment of our service right now where we, we don't want to encounter the word of God without allowing it to change our lives because we know anyone who comes face-to-face with Jesus can never walk away different. And so as we talk about the love of God and love of people, if you're in a place tonight and you're, 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 you're wrestling through, you're wrestling through whether you've received Jesus or not, you're wrestling through this love of God. Here's the thing. You got to get that one right first because all of the others come after that. And so we got to get this first, the love of God. If you have questions about this, I'm going to be right over here to my right and to your left. We're going to have elders in the back of the room. We would love the opportunity just to talk to you about this faith journey, where God has brought you to where you're here this evening and where God longs to see you go in the future. Not in in a prescriptive way, but just in a way where you can see yourself the way God does, and you can see people the way God does, and it can set you free from shame and condemnation and all that yuck. And so we gotta get that right. And so if you're not clear on where you are in your relationship with the Lord, would you take a moment and find an elder Find one of us and let's talk it out. Let's pray through it together and let's kind of take that next step in that spiritual journey. Tonight, you're kind of thinking through the, man, I love Jesus. I've been following Jesus for a while. And you're trying to think in your, man, Lord, where in my life do I have one, the love of God or love of people? Where do I have one without the other? You know, we got to get our hearts right. And so I hope that you'll take a few moments and just really just, Ask God to show you where it is. And then after you've kind of worked through those things, 
We've got 200 different souls that are represented on this stage. That we don't know if they know Jesus yet or not. But what we do know is they got clean water coming their way. And we're pumped about that, right? We got clean water coming their way. We've, we're meeting the physical need. And now we want to ask God to meet the spiritual need. And so as the soul is represented here, would you just make your way up to the front, get two or three water bottles and just pray over them and ask God to turn hearts, ask God to, for these people to, to experience the love of Jesus in a way they never thought possible, that their entire families would come to know the Lord and their entire villages would come to know the Lord. But it starts with them. And so would you come up, get a, get a water bottle or two or three or seven or 10, whatever you want to get, and then you're going to take them home with you when you leave this evening. And as you enjoy partaking of this clean water this week, would you just pray over those souls and ask God to change their life? This is response. Can we stand to our feet and can we respond together, church?